Is there one particular moment where you're like, that's it, I've got to run? Well, I do have a 13-year-old son who was watching a David Attenborough documentary at the beginning of last year and I could see the distress that it caused him in terms of the effect of anthropogenic climate change on our, on our planet and how that was going to affect his future. That, for me, was very distressing. But the, the moment that where it all crystallised was when I saw an ad in the paper that said, are you the next independent candidate for Kuyong? And I looked at that and thought, you know, someone has to do that. And I sort of thought, well, you know, I, I could do that. From Schwartz Media and 7am, I'm Ruby Jones, and this is The Vote. On election night, the Melbourne seat of Kuyong could be one of the most fiercely contested in the country. The Treasurer of Australia, Josh Frydenberg, is facing what he's described as the fight of his political life. His opponent was virtually unknown to most Australians a few months ago, but now polls show she has a chance at victory. So, who is the woman taking on the Treasurer? Today, 7am producer Elle Marsh takes us inside the campaign of Dr Monique Ryan. It's Monday, May 16. It's early April and the election has just been called. There's one, two, three. I can see four billboards for Josh Frydenberg. And I'm driving through Kuyong, the electorate that I grew up in, in the southeast of Melbourne. It's a new apartment block. Oh, I know what that is. Oh, I used to underage drink there. And in every street I drive through, I see core flute signs staked in people's gardens and on people's fences of two candidates. Never seen anything like this. There is the first one's Josh Frydenberg. So many signs. Frydenberg has been the Liberal member for Kuyong since 2010. He grew up here, went to school here, and now he's the treasurer. He's one of the government's most high-profile members. Mr Speaker, I am honoured and privileged to represent the people of Kuyong a place of strong community values and the home of the Liberal Party's great founder, Sir Robert Menzies, our longest-serving Prime Minister. The other candidate is Monique Ryan, who only six months ago was working as a doctor at the Royal Children's Hospital. Oh, there's another one. Monique Ryan's poster features a smiling picture of her. Her dark, curly hair sits against this fluoro-teal backdrop. And that's because she is one of what people are calling a teal independent. These are independent candidates, almost all women, who are running on a platform of climate action and integrity. They're mostly running in blue Liberal-held seats like Kuyong. And at this point, there's a lot of hype, but it's unclear if any of these new independents are real contenders. So I wanted to find out more about this independent in my old neighbourhood, Monique Ryan. I wanted to find out who she was, how her campaign was running, and does she have what it takes to be one of the most powerful politicians in the country. Destination will be on the left. So I'm on my way to her house to find out. It's early afternoon. Julia, who is Ryan's assistant, greets me at the door. Hello. Not Julia, my door. Julia, hi. Um, Mon's just uh, finishing her speech 
as you do. Yep. So, um, I walk into a light-filled moss green kitchen that looks out onto this nice courtyard and I find Ryan at her desk behind the kitchen. Hi, Mon. Hi, Ella. How are you? Good. I thought I should leave it to the last minute. She's meant to be leaving for her official campaign launch in 15 minutes, but she's still writing her speech. And this is the biggest event of the campaign so far. She's fielding calls as she types, including a call from her son, who's just played his first footy game of the season. He got smashed by over 100 points, which feels ominous. That's all right, Ryan finishes writing her speech and is ready to race out the door. I like his speech. Good. Uh, did you print him? Oh, shit, no. <laughs> she just needs to print her speech now. <laughs> but the printer is out of toner. Let this be a lesson to you, Julia, that you should never leave anything to the last moment. And then the computer freezes. <laughs> yeah, I just I can't get it to go. What's it saved on? Uh, well, it's not, it's not, I'm not sure that it's saved, actually. Uh, I just know that other people will be looking at this going, amateurs, amateurs. Um, I don't know what's happened to it. It's sort of frozen and dead. Okay. I, can just, I can get through the first three pages of the talk, though, before you need to arrive. <laughs> we leave her house without the speech. This is not how I expected things to be running. If Ryan's going to be successful, she's going to need a lot of help. Grassroots campaigns are won and lost by how well they're organised and how many volunteers they can turn out. So I want to get to know some of the people giving up their time to campaign for her. Um, We should all have a clipboard, I believe. Um, Thank you all for taking part in the door knocking session today. There are almost Um, 2,000 volunteers working on Ryan's campaign. It's a pretty mixed bunch. I've met former lifelong Liberal voters and socialists working on Ryan's campaign. It's a cold and windy Tuesday afternoon and I follow a few door-knocking volunteers on their afternoon shift in queue. I talk with Hugh. He's 25 and he's done upwards of 200 hours. So it's... Yeah, it's a lot of time I've put in now that I think about it, but I haven't really been focused on that so much as focused on... And then there's Rosemary. She's 60 and was a swinging voter. I feel like this has been a really um, life-changing experience for me. I've never done anything like this before and I've been challenged. This is her first time volunteering on a campaign. Hello. They seem to have mostly pleasant and supportive conversations. Okay. That's a good one. Yeah, he's a supporter. He's also metered down the street. But Kuyong has a long liberal history and has a large base of long-term conservative voters. Not interested? The electorate is made up of Melbourne's affluent southeastern suburbs, including Kew, Camberwell and Canterbury. What kind of architecture would you call this? Is it Georgian or Neo-Georgian or something? Residents of Kuyong have average incomes of roughly 130000 a year. The average house in Kew costs over $2.5 million. Not only is Kuyong one of the most affluent areas in Victoria, it has been a conservative stronghold for 122 years. That's since Federation. Yeah. This is my first yes. I did this week, like February. Um, and he, they opened the door and I said, I just did my spiel and they said, 
you're on the land where Sir Robert Menzies was born. And I said, oh, hallowed turf then. And he said, yes. I said, well, I'm guessing that you probably wouldn't be interested in speaking with us. And he said, no. I said, OK, have a nice day. So not everyone is happy that Ryan is running. She's a fraud. Back at the campaign launch, after the printer disaster, I'm following around Monique Ryan backstage at the Hawthorne Town Hall, and she has finally gotten her hands on a copy of her speech. We've got it. We have a speech. (laughs) One copy. One copy. You're the best. As I look out on the crowd, it's bigger than expected. There is a sea of teal T-shirts that are filling the hall and spilling out into the side hallways and through the doors. Oh, my goodness. Thank you so much. She stands in front of roughly 500 people. Her husband, Pete, and her son, who's still in his footy shorts, are sitting in the front row. This is the most important election of our lives. We stand on the cusp, and this is no exaggeration, of making Australian social and political history. None of this would have happened without your support and your belief. We have brought the word core flute to Kuyong. Monique outlines her key policies. She says that both major parties are not doing enough on climate change and that she will push for an integrity commission. We've also talked with the young people of Kuyong. They tell us that they're concerned about three things. Action on climate change, housing affordability, and the cost of tertiary education. The major parties will not offer action on those three things in May. The next generation needs us to do better. She says she could and will be in a position to hold the government to account. I've been called a fake independent by Mr Frydenberg. Feels real. I'm not a fake independent. I have no affiliations with any party. There are no deals, there are no agreements. I'm not beholden to fossil fuel or mining interests. I... I owe no debts to party factions or to media magnates. But you know, in truth, I'm not really independent either because I am not alone. I have the support of a wonderful husband. I have loving family and friends. And I have a community of 1,500 volunteers who are working day and night for a shared dream. As the crowd cheers, Ryan is holding back tears. As you might expect from a doctor who has succeeded in the high-pressure environment of public hospitals for years, she's pretty unflappable. The only time she seems vulnerable is when she talks about the support that she has around her. And for me, the most stressful thing about this is the responsibility that I feel because I know how much it matters to so many people that I win. Later after the event, Ryan tells me that the most stressful part of running is that she doesn't want to let these people down. Not, not for me personally, but because I know that if I can get there and I can be part of a small group of people who have the balance of power, that we will affect change that will have implications for this country for the next 5, 10, 15 years. That's, 
that, that's the only thing that I find really difficult about this is that the sense of responsibility that I feel to, to get there and to be able to make that change. At this point, Josh Frydenberg and Monique Ryan still haven't been in the same room together, but there is a lot of talk about whether they will face each other in a debate before election day. So you're um, ready to debate him? Absolutely, yes. I expect I'll see him with pre-polling and things like that. I kind of had the feeling that he's avoiding me, actually. I'd, lo- I'd love to be able to talk to him about the things that matter. Each election in Kuyong, there's this candidates forum run by the Lighter Footprints community group. And Josh Frydenberg has attended the forums in the past. If you want to run for public office, don't run away from an interview or a debate. Don't run away from an interview. But when it came to the day of the Kuyong Forum, he didn't show. So tonight we're going to be hearing from the Labour candidate Peter Lynch, the Greens candidate Piers Mitchum, and the independent candidate Monique Ryan. We've placed an empty chair on the stage to mark Mr. Frydenberg's absence and to highlight our disappointment at his unwillingness to engage with you and be accountable to you, the voters of Kuyong. His no-show that day wasn't a sign that Frydenberg was backing down. Actually, it was the opposite. And in the days to come, the race for Kuyong would become more heated than anyone expected. Treasurer Josh Frydenberg is under pressure in his blue ribbon seat of Kuyong. Comes about two thirds of the way through what has been a clearly heated and at times quite personal and bitter campaign. We'll be back in a moment. As a a 7am listener, you value the story behind the headlines. That's why you should read Post, a free daily newsletter bringing you the top five news stories of the day, summarising each of their key points with links to full articles from a range of sources. Get the news you need to your inbox every weekday morning with Post. Sign up at thesaturdaypaper.com.au slash newsletters. For Sloane Crosley, writing about the loss of a friend may not have provided catharsis, but it did allow for the possibility of a better ending. Like you have this amazing meal that's this friendship and then you have a really, 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 really bad dessert with shards of glass in it. And then like the book is like, you know, those little chunks of chocolate that come with the bill. I'm Michael Williams. Join me for this week's episode of Read This as I talk to Sloane Crosley about her latest Grief is for People. Listen wherever you get your podcasts. The moment I realised that Ryan actually might be in with a chance is when it comes to light that Josh Frydenberg is privately telling journalists and staffers that he's worried about his seat. It's 25 days until the election. This is not what you usually see in Kuyong at a federal election. Never before has a Liberal had to fight so hard to hold it. New polling comes out, suggesting what was unimaginable only a few months ago is actually in reach for Monique Ryan. I noticed that two prominent Frydenberg billboards no longer have Liberal branding on them. They simply say, keep Australia secure, keep Josh. Another says, vote independent, create risk. It's a clear sign that the Frydenberg team have changed tack. The fight is no longer friendly. They are a slogan 
and a billboard and nothing more. He's calling her fake? They have decided to throw their lot in with these fake independent. And then at his campaign launch, Frydenberg brings up Ryan's mother-in-law. In the 70s, I think, came up to me and said, Josh, I'm voting for you. I said, that's very nice. And she goes, I'm Monique Ryan's mother-in-law. So I said, why are you voting for me? She said, because you know what you're doing and you're a nice person. I said, thank you very much. The campaign has gotten personal. How did you feel waking up in the morning, going out, getting your mail? And... It's a strange feeling when you see yourself, an old photo of yourself, on a, you know, 10 or 15-year-old photo of yourself on a, a Liberal Party attack flyer. <laughs> but I really thought... You know, is that, all, is that all you want to talk about? You know, you... Frydenberg has also been arguing that Ryan is not to be trusted because she previously was a member of the Labor Party from 2007 to 2010, and also that her campaign has received funding from a climate lobby group, Climate 200. These fake independents are only challenging Liberals. They're run as a political party. They have no policy details. They have no costings. It's the vibe of the thing. He's arguing that she isn't independent because Climate 200 has also backed other independent campaigns. So I wanted to ask her about this. Look, I suspect a lot of the Liberal Party members have common donors. I have no relationship with any of the other independents. I can't speak for them in any capacity. I don't know how they're running their campaigns or what they're doing with them. But, yeah, I haven't spoken to any of them about how you might... Um, yeah, if a couple of you get in, like no, how you might. There's been no discussion about anything like that. Ryan tells me that there is no organisation between Climate 200 funded independents. But despite that, there is a lot of rhetoric in the media and from Liberal politicians about the Climate 200 teal independents that implies that they are virtually a political party. And so I looked into these claims. And these candidates, they have a range of different policies and priorities. But the one thing that they do all have in common is that they back an emissions reduction target of at least 50% or more by 2030. The Ryan campaign says that less than a third of their funding comes from Climate 200. The vast majority, they say, comes from individual donors. Monique says her policy platform isn't informed by Climate 200. She says it's informed by her values, science and the Kuyong community. Josh Frydenberg and his independent opponent, Monique Ryan, will face off in a debate today for the hotly contested seat of Kuyong. Finally, just 16 days before the election, Josh Frydenberg and Monique Ryan agree to a debate in front of undecided voters in Hawthorne. I'm in Ryan's headquarters to watch the debate. Hey, Martin. It's Jason. It's busy. People are phone banking in booths and others are anxiously waiting for the debate to begin. There's energy drinks strewn across the youth volunteer table. Oh, I got your red ball, do you want it? Oh, wow. The delirium of long volunteer hours is setting in. The group gathers around the screen. Oh, my God. We're broadcasting from the chandelier room in the old Hawthorne Town Hall, now the Arts Centre. We've had a toss of the coin before coming to air. The two candidates stand side by side. Ryan wins the coin toss and makes her pitch to the crowd first. My patients are children. My motivation for standing is their health and their future. Then Frydenberg goes. I grew up in Kew. I went to school in Hawthorne and I'm raising my family with my wife Amy in Hawthorne. 
I feel very much from Kuyong and I feel very much for Kuyong. And then it's on. Mr. Frydenberg, in the 12 years that he has been our member for Kuyong, although Liberals have the ability to do this, has never crossed the floor on a matter of conscience. When I joined the Liberal Party, I did so because of its values. Its values supporting the power of the individual as opposed to the collective. This is a man who votes with Barnaby Joyce every time. Frydenberg pivots to the economy. If you don't have a strong economy, you can't build all those roads that you need. If you don't have a strong economy, you can't lower taxes so that people can keep more of what they earn. Well, I don't agree that we have a strong economy right now. And I'd really like... Ryan tries to get him on climate change. Uh, this planet is heading towards unprecedented stresses. Of course we've got to reduce our carbon footprint. That's a priority. But we've also got to ensure that electricity... The Integrity Commission comes up. I'm all in for a Commonwealth Integrity Commission, but it has to be the right model. I think the reason this government thinks that we don't need NICAC is it knows what we will find. And at a certain point, it gets more personal. Quickly, we've got to get to Ron now with this question. I think anyone who's had any experience of a Victorian public hospital, and Mr Frydenberg, you're the Treasurer for New South Wales, you weren't here. Oh. Anyone who's had experience of a Victorian public hospital in the last two years knows what it's like. Well, Kieran, I'm not going to be insulted like that. My father's a surgeon. In fact, he was the surgeon here at Vimy House Hospital in Kew for more than 20 years. After the debate, I go through and watch the Sky News interviews with audience members to see what they thought. And a lot of them thought that Frydenberg did well. But when I get to the office, a draft of Karen Middleton's piece about the Liberal Party's internal polling for the paper comes in. The draft headline reads... Liberal polling predicts loss for Josh Frydenberg and Tim Wilson. This isn't just exclusively an issue for the coalition in Kuyong. There are independents challenging historically safe, liberal and national seats across the country. If independents are potentially going to take more of these kinds of seats and become a bigger part of politics, I want to find out how this has become a possibility and how it might shape how our democracy works in the future. So I want to speak to the person who created the model that Ryan is following. Hello, Elle. Kathy McGowan. Hi, Kathy. How are you going? I call the former independent for Indi, Kathy McGowan. She's considered the godmother of independence and someone Monique Ryan herself looks up to. I'm a community worker. That, that's what I do. That's my profession. So my approach was to bring the professional knowledge and skill of community work to politics. And that hadn't, that hadn't been done before. McGowan says she spends 100% of her time thinking about how to engage as many people as possible and get them involved in the political process. She tells me that she sees this as a key way of fostering connection within communities. It's been in every single one of these independent electorates that have run community independence, they all comment, oh, my gosh, you know, I got to meet my community. I went out door knocking and I discovered, you know, a whole section of my community I didn't know about it. And when it comes to genuine community involvement, McGowan argues that this is something the major parties, particularly the Liberals and the Nationals, have stopped doing properly. I hope the parties pay attention to what we're doing and that they learn something. That would be nice if they did. But if they don't, I think they'll become a, a byproduct. And, um, People will find other ways of organising. Whatever the election outcome, something big has happened in Kuyong. 
At the time of recording, almost 97% of Kuyong homes have been door-knocked by Ryan campaign volunteers. And a lot of these volunteers that I've spoken to, they're going to continue to do this kind of work in some shape or form after the election. This independent movement is not going away. This is a strange sort of sprinting little marathon because it's a really long time and yet at the same time it's a really, really short time. And I really would like it to be over. But at the same time, I don't want this to end because I'm having so much fun. So at a time where large swathes of Australia are switching off from politics, in this particular area of Melbourne, the opposite is happening. We have a saying on the campaign, chop wood, carry water, 500 votes, which just basically means that every day we'll keep doing the same thing that we've been doing because we've been seeing ourselves making incremental progress. So that's what we just have to do every day. We'll just keep chopping wood, carrying water, and trying to get another 500 votes because it could well come down to 500 votes. It's seven days until the election and the pre-polling booths are now open. My final opportunity to speak with Ryan before the big day is a three-minute window at a pre-polling booth. And I've been given time to ask one last question. Monique, do you think you're going to win? I honestly believe it's going to be so close. I think it's on a knife edge. And that's part of the anxiety is really having no idea what's going to happen. Do you have any regrets about running? Oh, goodness, no. No, this is the most exhilarating, interesting, intense, exhausting, fascinating, fun thing I've ever done in my life. Mm. I'm a little bit nervous about what happens after May the 21st, actually. The Federal Treasurer, Josh Frydenberg, declined our requests for an interview. Special thanks to filmmaker Kevin Holloway for additional audio. Mahler's music embodies the very essence of humanity. Experience his epic Song of the Earth with the Australian Chamber Orchestra, Richard Tognetti and internationally acclaimed opera stars Stuart Skelton and Catherine Carby. Opens May 12. Book now at aco.com.au. Also in the news today, at least 10 people were killed by a mass shooter in Buffalo, New York yesterday. The shooter targeted African-Americans and it's been described by local police as a racially motivated hate crime. In a manifesto, the gunman cited the Australian-born man who perpetrated the Christchurch shooting as a major influence on his extreme right-wing ideology. And Elon Musk's bid to take over Twitter is on hold. The billionaire claimed his bid was only temporarily delayed, while his team investigates Twitter's assertion that only 5% of accounts are fake or spam accounts. I'm Ruby Jones. This is 7am. See you tomorrow.